So a couple years down the road, you are in debt. It's not a place, but a feeling. Yeah. And you feel it every day. You, um, you were hired to write uh, the sequel uh, to this movie. Uh, it's called uh, I'm Into This. Yes. You write I'm Into This too. And uh, what it's about. Can I it, call it I Am Also Into This? <laughs> and what happens is uh, like what happens. So it's like I'm Into This comma two, like T-O-O. Yeah. And so what happens is like uh, it, it stars Rihanna as a, a real estate agent looking for love. And um she eventually ends up uh, marrying um, Carl Malone. Carl Malone is making his acting debut. And honestly, he's pretty fucking good. Like, you're like, this is, you you know him as the mailman, but this guy can fucking, he actually plays a mailman in the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but he's like, he's also like 6'9", so he's always like slightly out of frame. Like, it's not, a very, it, the movie doesn't turn out very good because he's six foot nine, about, so he's always out of frame a little bit and people are always like looking up to talk to him and stuff. And, uh, but anyway, so what happens is like Rihanna is uh, this real estate agent looking for love and, you know, she's like, um, like there's a, like this one part where she witnesses like a, a car wreck and uh, like seven cars crash into each other and she's like, holy shit. And there's just blood everywhere. And then she turns to the camera and she's like, I'm into this. Uh, so, and she also plays, she, uh, her character name is Rihanna too. Sure. Total coincidence. Like you, you wrote it thinking of someone else. You were thinking of B. Arthur when you wrote it, but they cast Rihanna instead. But the character name was Rihanna. So it's Rihanna starring as Rihanna in I'm Into This Too. And it does not go well. So you're like, uh, man. But didn't I make money from it? Um, you thought you were going to, but you, you signed this deal where, where they were, they were like, we can give you like 10 grand now, or we give you nothing and you get a significant percentage of the box office. And I thought this was going to be like, like a big summer comedy. You kind of thought, honestly, you were like, you know, I wrote this script. It's funny. You know, the first movie did really well. Uh, so yeah, why not? And so you got you took the deal, and it only made like like fifty nine dollars at the box office, and then they all paid in change too. So like you guys got paid in like a like, I mean it's mostly quarters, but it's still kind of annoying. So um, people are kind of like uh, you're kind of like persona non grata a little bit. So you're kind of like because uh, you wrote this you know bomb or whatever, and so you're like uh, I don't know what to do. So you decide television is the way to go. You pitch a show. You pitch a show called "You Have Got to Be Shitting Me," and it's a sitcom. Do I say it like that every time I pitch every it? Every single time, and it's about uh, this woman named uh, <laughs> named uh, Ellen Shit, and uh, she's just this country gal from. Texas trying to make it in the big city, though it's never specified which one. And she, uh, when like her catchphrase is like, whenever like so, like someone will come and be like, "Hey, you're late on rent," she'll be like, "You have got to be shitting me!" And the crowd goes crazy. Yeah. So you write. I'm guessing it's multicam. It's feeling yeah. pretty multicam. Oh yeah, there's actually the it's actually the most cameras that have been used <laughs> in a sitcom like ever. There's 420 cameras. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so it actually cost them like a lot of money. Like they're they're pretty pissed. So um, is that why I'm in debt? That's part of it too. So basically, you got no money from writing that screenplay, and then your show, you have got to be shitting me. It's so expensive that like after the pilot episode, they film it and they're just like. This is just not going to work. I'm sorry, but like there's 420 cameras and like it's, you know, she has magic powers and stuff. So like the special effects budget is like way over. Yeah, and like, you have to do them for each camera. So, yep. And like in the first episode, um, Ellen shit, um, she grows like uh, like antlers uh, and then <laughs> kills the president. So it's like a pretty controversial show anyway. So, um, <laughs> You're you're in a meeting uh, with uh, like the heads of the of the network, mm-hmm. uh, Lightbringer Studios, and they're like, uh, yeah, well, if you have anything else, pitch us, but it just you know isn't going to work. And you're like, okay. The president stands up. This woman has bright red hair. She has porcelain skin, wearing all black. Easily one of the most beautiful human beings you've ever seen in your life. And she goes, well, you know, keep us posted if you're doing anything else. Um, good to see you. And she stretches out her hand. Do you shake her hand? I shake her hand. And she goes, uh, oh, her by the way. It feels soft. She goes, the name's Lucy. Lucy Fur. <laughs> you shake hands. And suddenly for a second, it's almost like you have a vision of like a, um, a skull with like worms coming out of it. Blood drips on a, into its like eye sockets. You kind of look up. You realize it's uh, the wounds of Christ while he's on the cross. <laughs> you look over. You see Lucifer just laughing. You snap back. So you're like, all right. So you're kind of in debt. And, like things are not going too well. You know, uh, you go home. Do I, I open? Can I open a bill or two? A bill? Yeah. When you go home? Yeah. Yeah. So you open up like there's one bill. And I think I look at it and I say, you have got to be shitting me. You say <laughs> but I say it really sadly. You say <laughs> you say it the saddest you've ever said anything as you look through your bill. Like there's just one bill um, for uh, this is oxygen bill. L.A. now charges you to breathe. So you owe the city of Los Angeles like $295 for the oxygen in your apartment. And you go. You say you have got to be shitting me like really sadly. And you just decide I'm not going to look at any more bills tonight. Can't put it away. You go to sleep. You dream of a howling void. You wake up the next day. There's a knock on your door. What do you do? Um, I look through the little peephole. Standing there is just like this guy. He's got like a skull tattoo on his face. I wouldn't open the door. He's in a suit. He's if like I a, wasn't expecting somebody, I w- and I it was somebody who was in a suit with a skull tattoo, I would not open the door. He goes, uh, "Miss Gale, it's it's, uh, it's me, Victor Cross. Um, I sent you that letter." And like, what the fuck? And you walk over, and like underneath that pile of bills is a letter from the Lanalax Corporation. Oh shit! It feels kind of cold in your hand. In a good or bad way. In a way that makes you think of dying stars. <laughs> so you open it up and it's a letter and it's like, hello. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is Victor Cross, head of community outreach for the Lanox Corporation. I'm wondering if I can meet you tomorrow at 11 o'clock on the dot. And you look over at 
the wall. I like the clock. It's fucking 11 o'clock on the fucking dot. It says, anyway, uh, I just have a income earning opportunity for you. Uh, okay. Talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully he knocks on the door again. He's like, Hey, I don't know. Did you get my letter? Do you have a minute to talk? You like we can just talk through the door if you want. I say okay. At this point, if somebody I didn't know had sent me a letter and then followed it up by coming to where I lived, I would be really scared. Yeah. So he goes on to tell you. Uh, but I feel like maybe if I keep talking to him, like I'm get I like I got I go and get I get my phone and I have yeah. like nine one one dialed on my phone. Sure. So and goes, I like text a friend and I'm like this scary dude is at my door. You text. Uh, Danny Goodwin, he's and his response is, "Yeah, keep me updated." And he goes, "The next text is, man, I fucking ate shit last night." You're like, "All right, whatever, Danny." Uh, so he goes on to explain that he is from the community outreach program from Landis Corporation. He's like, basically, they're offering you um, seven thousand uh, dollars to take part in a study. Uh, you just take a pill. You kind of let them know what happens when you take it. And that's it. You take a pill every day for a week. Do you do it? What is the pill? It's called. What is it, what, is it part of a study? They go, I yeah, mean, we're doing a medical study. Uh, we're trying to cure. Uh, rabid dogs. What is the. Do you have any idea of what the pill will do or what the side effects are? He goes, uh, you might get a little lightheaded. So just be sure to like drink a lot of water and make sure that you're you know, eating breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, don't, don't take this on an empty stomach, you know? He goes, but yeah, seven, seven grand for you to take this pill if how, you want. How much in debt am I? You are $10,000 in debt. I wouldn't do it. He goes, Okay. And you like hear him walk away and you kind of, you, you kind of like look through the people. He turns into a rainbow and just like, choo, like goes soaring away. What? So you're like, that was fucking weird. Um, and so you're kind of like, uh, like this is kind of, a, he turns into a rainbow and flies away. Like, like shoots away. Like he was shot out of a, a cannon or something. So you are uh, kind of like, man, what a strange day this has been. And you walk into uh, your bathroom and you're like, I haven't even had a chance to brush my teeth yet. So you grab out your toothbrush, you bring it up to your mouth. And right before you're about to start brushing, you just hear, uh, hey, Ella. What? What do you do? Ella, I would, down here, silly. I think I would freeze because I would be so concerned about what was happening to me. I would be very afraid I was having a break with reality. Sure. You 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 freeze and you're like, what the fuck? And uh, you kind of look at yourself in the mirror like, am I going crazy? And you notice that uh, your front tooth uh, has like eyes and a mouth. And he goes, hey, Ella, it's me, Timmy the Tooth. <laughs> he goes, how are you doing today? You look down again. Now he has like a huge beard. He also has a mouth. He has a beard? Yeah. Does he tooth. have teeth? Yeah. Do they talk? No. They never talk and they never will. Hi, Timmy. He goes, 
I hear you're in a bit of, oh, I hear you got, you got a problem. (laughs) Were you supposed to have a catchphrase? (laughs) He's like, I don't know what that is. He kind of like smiles. I do. I mean, I'm in debt because I wrote these two terrible things. So he goes on to tell you that, uh, He's part of this thing called uh, the Tooth Gang. Uh, it's basically like an intelligence network. Uh, anywhere that there's a tooth, the Tooth Gang can see what's going on. And he's like, um, I can take care of that debt and give you an extra $10,000. There's just one thing you got to do. What's that, Timmy? You got to kill a man. He goes on to tell you that there is a, uh, a serial killer stalking uh, Los Angeles. The, the cool fool. The cool fool. What it does, that's, the, that's what the media calls it. Um, he calls himself uh, Travis. Uh, so What's his modus operandi? What happens is he gets, he, he kills people by like taking them, like being in a grocery store and going to the frozen food section and stuffing them in there or stuffing people into like, you know, the walk-in of the back of a bar where everything's really cold, stuff like that. And so they freeze to death. And he basically goes on to tell you, like, he explains that, like, they know where the cool fool is. What you have to do is go there and kill him. And once you do that, um, they'll be able to give you that money. And he offers you irrefutable proof that it's him, the cool fool. He's the only he's the only uh, serial killer to give himself his own theme song. How does that sound? It goes, I'm the cool fool and I'm coming for you. I'm going to drink your blood and fucking kill you, baby, baby. How does he, how does he send that to people? It's on Spotify. (laughs) So he just like leaves them like a link on like a piece of paper. Yeah, it's on Spotify. It's on SoundCloud. Like SoundCloud is where he puts his like out there remixes and stuff. Like one version of the song where it's like, I'm going to kill you. It's like really like weird. Kind of into it. It's got a pretty good beat. Um, do you do it? I mean, I think I would like. I would be very concerned that I was not mentally well. Would I even be able to think about that in this situation? Well, you kind of think about it, but like you kind of then you look down and like this has never happened to you before. And Timmy the Tooth is talking to you. Do this tooth who has other, how do other things in my reality seem? Has anything else changed? No, everything seems normal. I mean, everything. Yeah. It's it's pretty much the same as you left it, except that now your tooth is talking and his name is Timmy and he wants you to kill a man. What did he offer me? He offered you $20,000. So get rid of your debt. And then also you have 10 grand in your pocket tax free. In fact, you'll never Make be taxed again. 28, and I'm in. And he goes, you drive a hard bargain, Ella, but I think we can swing that. The Tooth Gang has endless resources. We're everywhere. <laughs> um, I and just read Lean In, so I feel really good about it. I'm like, yeah, I advocated yeah. for myself, and I asked for more money. And you're and like you feel it, and you're like, hell yeah, that's what I should get. Let's do this. So... Um, he is actually staying uh, in a place called uh, Lanalax Apartments. It's on 666 Murder Avenue. <laughs> Apartment 2. But there's like a umlaut over the 2. Like it looks oh, into no. Yeah. 
So you, uh, so what do you do? Do you like drive there? Do you walk there? Like, like, like it's about 10 minutes away by car. Um, yeah, I would drive there. You drive there. You kind of like pull in. There is no other car in that lot. What's your plan? Like, what would you use to kill this guy? Where are we? You're in uh, the hotel. You're in the apartment of Lanalax Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you look over, you see like a tumbleweed go by, and it's immediately attacked by rats. They just fucking eat the whole thing. So I... So I haven't been given any instructions. No, just go there. He's in apartment number two. You have to kill him. Um, but if you have stuff that you can think of to bring with you, I mean, you can, you got to think about what, what you'd use to kill somebody with, you know? Can I, can I, can I like talk to Timmy a little bit? And Timmy's like, gone. Can I like feel around my teeth with my tongue and like, see if anything, see if I can drum something up. You do that. A piece of chicken comes out. It was like stuck between your teeth this whole time. You had no idea. Still tastes good. Um, Suddenly you remember like, oh shit, I have like a crowbar in my trunk. And you're like, that'll I'm not that strong. I don't think I could bludgeon a man to death with a crowbar. I mean, if you want to... I think I would have to... I think I would try to lure him out of the hotel room and run him over with my car. How would you lure him out? Um, I think I would knock on his door and I would say that I had been having some trouble with my car. Hell yeah. And if he could like feel if something about the tires was hot while I ran the engine. Sure. You walk towards the door and then suddenly like there's like this weird like whooshing noise and standing in front of you is a group of people. There is a Bob from Bob's big boys. Mac tonight. The cows from Chick-fil-A. Roy Rogers and Chet lightning. And, uh, Roy Rogers goes, howdy partner. We're the fast food friends. And then, um, Mac tonight is like, we understand you've got a problem with our client. Uh, Chet Lightning steps forward. His shirt is blue with a lightning bolt on it. And he goes, hey, Ella, it's me, a Chet Lightning. He goes, I kind of like Chet. I'm like, hey, Chet, how's how's it going? He goes, pretty good. And then uh, he's like, don't kill that man. Whatever he's paying you, we'll double it. Bob from Bob's Big Boys, he's like stuffing burgers in his mouth. He's like, yeah, we'll do it. Um, I think I say, like, don't you know that he's a he's a killer? Haven't you heard his theme song? And I like take out my phone and I like play them his Spotify song. And then I like show them a bunch of articles about all the people he's murdered. They like bob their head to the song. They're, like, they're kind of into it, especially Chet Lightning. Uh, and then the cows from Chick-fil-A, are they're like, oh, and they're like, we, this is just what we're hired to do. So you don't have any evidence that he's innocent. And they go, oh no, he's a stone cold killer. But basically they're like this like squad of like, uh, 
fast food dudes who are there to like protect him. Who are you working for? One of the cows says, uh, the Lanolax Corpa, but before he can finish it, uh, Bob from Bob's Big Boys just like fucking shoots him in the head. The fucking cow falls over. He's dead immediately. I think at this point I would take the offer and then present the, I would go to the police and I would present evidence of the cool fool's crimes. Sure. My irrefutable evidence to the police. So you take that, uh, the money that they give you, they give you $28,000 and a gift card to. Oh Applebee's. no, but they, they, Oh, they offered me double. Yeah. Uh, I say triple it. Chet lightning's like you drive a hard bargain, Ella. But okay, a Chet Lightning. So they give you a, a briefcase. It's got $30,000 in it, a gift card to Applebee's for 20 bucks, uh, and an iTunes gift card. There's nothing on it. Um, so you're like, well, I should probably go to the cops. So you oh, wait, dro- triple it? No, I thought you meant triple. Anyway, well, how the much math you- is off. I, I was making $28,000. Yeah. And I asked them to triple that. So that would have been $84,000. Oh, shit. So you kind of look in and look there and you look up and you go, are you fucking kidding me with this? And then they, then Chet Lightning's like, I, I dropped out of high school. They give you the rest of the money. Uh, and I'm like, so, so sorry. Thank you. I appreciate it. He goes, thank you. And then I feel good because I advocated for myself again. Sure. And you feel like pretty good about yourself. And like you're driving to the, co- like you drive to like the nearest like a uh, police station. Mm-hmm. You kick down the door. And like all the cops, police station. Yeah, all the cops look up and they're like, "Oh, look at that advocation!" They're like, they can't believe it. And you walk up to the there's like a cop on duty. He looks up and he goes, "The name's Herbert Crumbs. This better be good." Hi, Mister Crumbs. Um, I have information connected to the Cool Fool case. He looks up and he goes, "The Cool Fool." He looks at your evidence and he's like, "Holy shit." He looks up and he goes, do you know how many lives you saved today? Like five. And he like, uh, they immediately jump into like the, uh, their car, the cop cars, like pull away and shit. You're like, whoa. Do they put the siren on? Oh yeah. And it's like, instead of just going, it's going, get the, they're playing a walk by Pantera. Like they're fucking into this dude. Like they're ready to like, they've been looking for the cool fool for a very long time. So they blast Pantera and you're like, this has been kind of a weird day. Um, you get into uh, the car and uh, you started driving and uh, you're driving home and you, you have the money and you're like, this has been weird, but I guess it was worth it. And suddenly it's weird because for a second, it's like you see someone sitting in the back seat. You look up in your rear mirror and like you see a guy. And you're like, what the fuck? And you turn around. There's no one there. You're like, all right, whatever. And then a minute or two later, you see it in the rearview mirror again. There's a man. You turn around. No one there. I think I stop. I like pull over to the side of the road. You pull over. And as uh, you pull over, you look up into the uh, rearview mirror again. And it's interesting because the guy in the back seat, you can't, it's like you can't quite look directly at him because his face is like a plume of smoke. His left eye glows red. He's like clearly wearing a suit. And he goes, uh, hello, Ella. I'm the man in the back seat. He goes, what was the real name of the cool fool? Trevor. 
Niels. Okay, what's his last name? McDurbel. And he goes, thank you for your time. And disappears. You drive home. You're like, what the fuck was that? And you kind of figure like maybe I was just kind of like too tired or whatever. You go to sleep. You dream of that fucking void again. And uh, you wake up in the newspaper. Uh, the front page is like uh, Trevor Mc whatever has been murdered. And you're like, is that his fun new nickname in the papers? Trevor McWhatever. <laughs> they call him that because the, uh, like the guy who was uh, typing it up, got too high and couldn't remember what the person's name was. So, uh, so that guy definitely got killed because of you. And you're kind of like, man, this feels not super good. Wait, uh, he was guilty though. Well, no, <laughs> you never got the guy's name. You just made up the guy's name and there happened to be someone in town named that. So uh, he was uh, killed. You said that that's what this. And then uh, you get uh, a visit by the cops and they're like, like there's uh, there's evidence of the crime scene that like connects you to it. Uh, And they're like, look, we know you send that guy there and uh, you get put in jail for 90 years for being accessory uh, to a murder. And then on your uh, 91st birthday, uh, they give you a, a cake with 91 candles on it. You uh, try to blow it out, but instead you just uh, shoot the fire across the room and you burn the prison down and everyone dies. Well, I lived a long life. Everyone there was innocent. They're all innocent of your crime, of their crimes. And they died screaming, burning to death and choking on smoke. They, you said that he, his name was the cool fool, but he called himself Trevor. Trevor. We never said his last name. <laughs> oh man, that guy's death is on your conscience. It haunts you for the rest of your life. And when you die, uh, burning to death in that prison, you, you think to yourself, finally. Do I seek religious counsel? You do, but there's no afterlife, so it doesn't matter. What about where does Lucifer hang out then? You never see Lucy again, but for a moment you think to yourself, like, the fires of hell couldn't hurt as bad as this hurts. That's your last thought, then you die. In a fire. In a prison. 